everybody's always waiting on their muse, except my muse is like a six-foot bald dude named Ralph chomping on a cigar, incredibly overweight, going, hey, you want some ideas? Yeah, I got other shit to do, and then he leaves. My muse is kind of the absentee father of artistic inspiration. Are you inspired? Let's just, just think about that one question today. Are you inspired? This morning, this afternoon, this evening, taking out the trash, cleaning the dishes, sitting down, getting ready to journal, whatever condition it is that you listen to me in. Are you, in this moment, inspired? See, inspiration is kind of this crazy thing. It's it's a concept that we mystify and romanticize when we become creatives. It's a thing we go, ah, oh, inspiration. And I think we do that because it, it makes it sound better than what it really is. Right, you had a thought or an idea. Let's, let's be honest, that's really what writing inspiration is. Like, you had a thought or an idea. And every once in a while, those thoughts and ideas capture your imagination and you run with them. But therein is about the mysticism of the entire thing, right? And, and I'm going to debunk that. I'm calling this episode Demystifying Inspiration. And the reason I think we need to demystify inspiration, the reason I, I feel like I need to do this and probably piss off a bunch of, of poets and writers and people who talk about, you know, the the requirement of the storyteller to act as the custodian for society and culture... Um, the reason I'm saying demystifying inspiration is because this idea of inspiring people and finding and tapping into the mystic power of inspiration is part of, of a huge fucking grift for younger writers and for older writers too. Like the idea is that if you, you are lacking inspiration, someone will teach you how to find it. You'll commune with the higher angels of creating things and it will be better. And that's, that's just not how it's ever worked. Right? Inspiration is one of the most common things on the fucking planet. The difference is what you do with that inspiration, right? People are inspired to do things constantly. You know? I once knew a, a kid who went to the same gym I did, who uh, years before his dad had died. Um, and he was just a teenager. So, I mean, he must have been like 12 or something when his dad died. And he took that loss really hard. Uh, stayed in it a lot. And, and I mean, he just, he packed on weight. He got out of shape. He stopped going outside. You know, he was having a hard time. And then, uh, you know, his luck would have it. One day I'm talking to the kid, he's telling me a story. And as luck would have it, uh, bad luck in this case, his uncle has a heart attack and, and dies. And so the kid has now got these bookends of death, one that 
led him to kind of retreat from the world for a while. And now one that kind of highlighted for him that maybe the choices he was making weren't good, or at least they were choices he wasn't happy with, right? We're not debating the science of his health. We're saying that something about the death of his uncle inspired action in him, right? And so he was going to the gym. That's inspiration. Uh, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I admire the inspiration that kid did probably a shitload more than I inspi- uh, than I admire the inspiration for a poet. And that's probably because the inspiration for a poet and the inspiration for writers in general is kind of something I see every day. So it's not as mystical to me. Um, I'm sure a personal trainer views it in reverse because I see people inspired to make changes every day, but I don't see people create poems all the time. And, and that's the thing. Right there's there's the crux. This is my very witty way of telling you a story and weaving you into a direction I want you to go. Inspiration is about worldview and mindset. Right, that's what I'm going to tell you. That's we're going to demystify inspiration by pointing out that inspiration is about your worldview and your mindset, and that's it. If you have an inspiration block, if you're not, I'm not I'm just not inspired, it is because of your worldview and your mindset. Okay? Now I want to talk about inspiration blocks in the context of the way that I used to deal with them. Because I did. I used to deal with inspiration blocks. I used to sit down and go, oh, I'm just not inspired. Just can't do it. Just can't put words on the page today. Matt is out of the office. I'm not inspired. Can't get inspired. How? How? And, and that was me. That was me in college, right? And I had to overcome that because, again, day job, I'm, I'm a copywriter. I'm a content guy. Um, and I'll tell you what, I've written copy for, like, plumbers and monthly blogs for plumbers. And it's hard to find inspiration in playing. Be like, oh, let me think. Oh, yes, plumbing. Oh, God, it gets me so excited. It doesn't. Uh, it's hard to be inspired about those things if you view inspiration as this magic out of the heavens kind of thing. So let's talk about worldview mindset, inspiration, and let's demystify this motherfucker so that you can get on to working and writing and doing the thing you want to do. And maybe you disagree with me on that, and that's fine. I am 100% convinced of the fact that, that inspiration is largely the matter of worldview and mindset. And then beyond that, it's just little shit that's easy to handle. If you disagree and you do believe it's some divine process that only a select few of us are blessed with, then good on you. If that works for you, stick with it. But if you guys are tired of having inspiration blocks and tired of worrying about this shit and having these like little kind of crazy, almost OCD-like rituals where you go by doing 8 million things just to get inspired, then hang out. So let's talk inspiration and worldview. Let's talk worldview first. So worldview, as I'm defining it, um, is, is how you do just that. It's how you view the world, right? So a Pentecostal Christian, of which there are a lot in my neck of the woods, has the worldview of a Pentecostal Christian, right? They may believe, so let's see, common beliefs I've heard from Pentecostals in South Carolina, that they are oppressed by their government, um, that we're in the end times, that there's this, there's that, the other. You know, you guys have heard this shit. Um, so what does that mean? Well, that means that when a Pentecostal looks at events in the world, they see it through the lens of the belief that we are in the end times and we are all screwed. Even good things will be problems, right? Good things will be problems to a Pentecostal. Okay, They will view it as a sign of the end times because they, they hold the view that we're in the end times. 
right? If, if a Pentecostal, for example, holds the view that they're right, that the only way to heaven is through their religion. I know, I jumped right into religion. Screw it. It's a morning. I don't care. They believe that the only way to heaven is through their religion. And so, anytime you talk to them about your beliefs, their automatic worldview is that your beliefs are invalid, right? That's a worldview. Now, that's a really extreme example of worldview that limits things. But worldview, as it comes to inspiration, is important, right? How you view inspiration, what your context as a writer and an artist is for inspiration, that worldview you have of it matters. So let me ask you, do you have a little writing ritual? Do you, do you think you need to, you know, you have those writing superstitions. I've, I've had like 75,000 of them in my life. Do you have those little writing superstitions? You need to have this thing here or that thing there, or you have to wear your lucky boots or your lucky hoodie. Maybe you have a bracelet. Maybe there's a special coffee mug. There's a time of day. There's a series of special places where inspiration is for you. You know, you have to make the right phone call or read the right passage or say a little prayer or do whatever, right? These are all parts of worldview. When you hold those beliefs that that's how inspiration comes, that makes up your worldview of inspiration. So if you believe you are inspired because of your lucky hoodie, then you better wear that fucking hoodie or else you're going to have a small nervous breakdown because you can't be inspired without your hoodie. And why? Because you created a worldview. And where does that worldview come from? Well, here's the good news. You didn't put that shit on yourself. That worldview comes from decades of writers romanticizing the shit that we do. Look, I'm not saying there's not there's nothing magical about writing or creating your art. There's a lot that's magical about it. But so many have romanticized this shit. So many have taken this writing life and turned it into this like romantic, mythical, legendary story of writers. And to be fair, the ones most guilty of this are usually mediocre as hell. Right? They're usually not particularly good writers. They spend a lot of time talking about how magical it is to be a writer. You know? Like, they're like me when I was young. And I was like, I'm a playwright. This is better than a writer. It's a playwright. It's W-R-I-G-H-T, like a craftsman. It's not like a writer, writer. I'm a craftsman with what I do. It's so much different than you. It's like the guys who go out and go, I'm a wordsmith. Take the words and I forge them into sentences on the page and then forge those into paragraphs. It's, it's like making medieval armor, right? Like that's, that's, that's where we get that shit. We hold this idea that there's something divinely magical about what we do automatically. Look, if that's your personal belief, that's great. But the writing industry as a whole, the concept of writers and artists has blown so much of this rose-colored smoke up so many asses that you begin to believe that either the gods like you or they don't, right? This is the concept of your muse. So I always joke that my muse is an overweight, balding, bearded guy chewing on a cigar who occasionally bothers to fucking show up, right? He's very rarely there. When I was young, I was like, my muse is a beautiful woman who comes to me like the night. Now I'm 42. My muse is like, hey, I'm here. I'm your muse. What's up? You want an idea? Fuck yourself. Like, that's my muse. Right? <laughs> like, that's the thing. We, we think about the muse 
we think about inspiration. We think about these things in, through this worldview of this magical connection. And so if you hold the worldview that you must be visited by your muse, because some poets said that's what happened to them hundreds of years ago. If you hold the worldview that you need to have your talismans and invoke the muse and say the prayer and do all this stuff, then that's your worldview. And that's what you're going to have to do for inspiration. You are effectively imprisoning yourself in your belief of the world around you. Think about that. You are creating your own prison. If you cannot get inspiration except through these things, no one did that shit to you. You accepted a given set of beliefs and you did it to yourself. Right? I know writers, myself included, who are constantly inspired. In fact, we suffer a glut of ideas. Far too many ideas that we probably deserve to have. Some of them are good, some of them are shit. In fact, a large part of them are shit. And then some of them are good, and then a few might be really great. But they just keep coming. They just keep firing away. Because I don't believe inspiration is some mystical thing that just appears. Like, I believe it's, it's a matter of paying attention. That's, that's my belief. I believe inspiration is a matter of paying attention and noticing things in the world around you. Yeah, it's, it's what I believe. You know, I, I hold to the idea that, that being inspired is noticing shit in the world around you. It's looking at the world around you. It's, it's seeing the world around you. It's being in it, right? If you go, you can be as inspired in a shitty diner at a truck stop in Meridian, Mississippi as you can in the most beautiful glen, at the most beautiful lake, in the most beautiful mountain setting, in, in wherever, pick your spot, right? Are you in America? Are you in a rugged Michigan lake and it's just beautiful and there's no one there? Is it kind of this pastoral European arena, you know, or is this very solemn and serene kind of Japanese thing? Whatever you think of when you think of a lake, like you can be just as inspired at that greasy spoon in Meridian, Mississippi. I assure you I've been. Right? It's because you're noticing the world. You know, now you've just put constraints. When you have a worldview that says, I need to be in these places to draw inspiration from the source because it's this divine thing, then you've created a worldview constraint by which that's where you're going to have to go to notice the world. That's what I think. That's what I believe. You feel free to believe something else. But what I really think, and, and ask yourself if this makes sense, challenge yourself with this if you disagree with me is that when you go to those serene lakes, that pastoral lake cottage, to get inspired because it's the only place you can get inspired. Is it really the only place you can get inspired? Or have you told yourself for so long that you require that connection, that you require that physical location, that there's nowhere else to go? I think it's the latter. I think that's the power of worldview when we talk about inspiration. If you view inspiration as a divine thing that only comes through selective channels, then you are going to limit yourself to those selective channels. If you can adjust your worldview, like I do, to believe that inspiration can come from anywhere, that it can literally just happen, that ideas just fall off of fucking shelves if you're paying attention, then they will. It's, it's not even a magical method. It's just accepting that you can literally be inspired by anything and allowing that to happen, and that's it. There's no, there's no secret. I don't have an online course for this because there's nothing to teach. I just taught it to you. It takes a couple minutes to say it. That's it. That's, that's the end of the game. If you want to do that, then that's, that's what you have to do. right? If you want to just have the inspiration come down, then you just have to accept that inspiration can be everywhere. Now, that's your worldview part. 
right? That's deciding how you want to view the world and how you want to view inspiration. Then there's the mindset part. Now, mindset's slightly different, right? You can try to change your mindset, but if you don't actually change your worldview, your mindset doesn't mean shit. You can say, well, I'm going to be receptive, Matt, but if your worldview still says you have to be in those certain special, mystical, magical places, then that's the only place that inspiration is going to come to you. Even if you say, I'm going to be more receptive, you're just going to be receptive, more receptive in the place you think you have to be. So, what does this mean now, mindset? Well, let's explore it from, from my context, right? If my worldview currently... Right, my old worldview as a playwright was this divine inspiration shit. I was constantly like trying to find women I was inspired by, or or sit down and overhear conversations, or looking for these magical, mystical moments. I would take these hikes into the woods to special places, and I would stay up till two a.m. drinking and and hope that that was it. Like I had these fucking stupid asinine rituals that young writers have. I mean, they all do. It's nothing to be ashamed of. If you're fifty, going fuck, I had that too. Yeah, they all do. All of us do. Every young writer has some bullshit idea of our magical craft. Um, we You grow out of it. Young writers, if you're having it, don't feel bad. We all had it. You're having it. It's your time. You'll grow out of it. You you will. Um, or you won't. And then we'll just look at you when you're older and you go, I have my mystical, magical writing process. And we're going to be like, okay. Um, and God bless you if you can maintain that level of innocence uh, in this writing life. Seriously, God bless you. Um, but he, here's the thing. That was my old worldview. So if my worldview has changed, and now I believe that inspiration shows up anywhere, that the world is constantly full of ideas and constantly full of things that can lead me to think and draw and, and, and create something, then the mindset that I have to have is one of paying attention and noticing shit. And this is even harder, man. Like I would say worldview is a lot of it, but the hardest part maybe of this thing is the mindset shift. Not so much for some of us, but for some of you, you know, for people who are really into their phone and spend their time in their phone, this shit's going to be hard. This is not quite as, it's not quite like kicking a heroin addiction, but it's definitely going to be a bitch, right? Like that's the thing. You, you now have to shift your mindset. If you believe that inspiration can occur anywhere, if it can happen anywhere at any time, if it can pop up from behind a rock or in the convenience store, at the diner, wherever you are, if that's where inspiration can come from, then you have to be open to seeing it, which means you have to put that little fucking crack box in your pocket or in your bag or leave it at home because you won't see it, right? You won't see it. Right? If you will believe that ideas can come to places, then you have to be open to noticing those ideas. And that's not just put your phone away. This isn't a giant put your phone away lecture. This is a be where you need to be and be receptive to seeing, knowing, and understanding. This means if writing and if sitting down in a diner or a coffee shop or a city park or the corner, the busiest corner in your city with a, a pen and paper and writing random shit that occurs to you down, that's what you do. If it means putting your phone in your pocket and taking a walk and just being in the place where you are, that's what you do. If it means taking tours, that's what you do. If it means reading books, that's what you do. If you want to write about current events, you probably need to read about current events, which I know goes against that amazing success guru advice of to be happy, just ignore the bad shit in the world because then you can be ignorant and joyful. 
I know that's there. Excuse me a moment. <clears throat> I know that's there. Sorry about that. I, I know that, that that idea is is hard for people, but that's the mindset shift you have to make. If you believe that inspiration is everywhere in the world, then the mindset shift you have to make is instead of trying to do all of the magical shit to appeal to the writing gods to coax your muse to come out of her hidey hole every five minutes or, or whenever the hell she does it. Mine didn't come out except like on rare occasions and I never remember it. Um, if that's what you're trying to do, you know, then your mindset is focused on doing those things. But if your worldview is that inspiration can be anywhere, if you can be inspired by a fucking apple or by random person A in the frozen food section of the grocery store or by an overheard conversation at a diner, like if you believe any of that shit can hold inspiration, then you have to take your mindset to a place where you notice things, where you look, listen, and notice. We're so busy trying to write at each other, trying to talk at each other, trying to have our voice heard above the fucking den. Like, we are so busy doing that, that we're putting shit out into the world and not understanding that we can draw inspiration from it. Right? The greatest resource out there is right in front of you. It's life. Want to be inspired? Go live some life. You know, I, I would say I would say it this way. You know, I notoriously chuckle every time someone tells me about a young child's book that's amazing. And here's why. Because young kids have the automatic cuteness factor built in. Get ready. I know, I can hear it right now. Oh, God, he's going after child genius writers. Fuck yeah, he is. Um, so if you're going to be offended by that, go ahead and fast forward for like a couple minutes. Um, no, we always have these young child genius writers and it's always like, look at this little child genius writer. They wrote this book of poems. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Well, kids have the automatic cue factor built in, right? Everything a child does, a precocious child, he puts a book together and somehow gets it through the publishing industry is automatically fucking adorable. And we're going to give it 10 points, right? 10 points automatically for just showing up and getting through that hell hole because you're cute and you're adorable and we don't want to break your spirit. But if you ever read them, like, really read them. Not, like, read them under the under the rose-colored glasses of, like, look at what little Johnny did. It's so wonderful. But, like, actually sat down and read them. They categorically are not deep. I'm not saying the writing's bad. The writing on some of them is very good. But the depth on them is, like, a fucking kiddie pool. Like, it is. It's really not impressive shit. And it's not their fault. Like, I remember reading a book of poems from a kid who was like eight years old and they touted them as a genius and it's going to be amazing and it's going to be wonderful. They're fucking eight. They were fine. They were perfectly good poems. They were well-written and everything else, but they lacked a certain depth or interest or perspective on the world because the kids ate. They're eight. That doesn't mean young writers can't have perspectives on the world. You see teenage poets and other people all the time who've been through some shit and are looking at the world around them and exploring it through that lens. Right? That's what they're doing. But it's a mindset issue. How we perceive things, how we build worldview, how we do this stuff is a mindset issue. That's why living life is important. It's kind of the convoluted point I'm getting to with that, right? Living life and seeing the world around you is really fucking important. That's what you have to do. So if you want to be inspired, right? If you're struggling with inspiration, if you're going, oh God, I can't. If you have those days where you just Scarlett O'Hara your ass down the stairs and plop down on your couch going, no, inspiration has left me. My muse sent me divorce papers. 
what shall I do? If you're having that day, change your worldview. Fuck it. Sign the divorce papers for your views and then just go out into the world. Get inspired. Go to a truck stop night or go to the last place you think you would be inspired and sit down there to get inspired. Go to a bus station. Right? Go to a bus station. Go to a, go to, you know, go to a shopping mall. Go to the place you think there's no inspiration and challenge yourself to find inspiration there. Say, I'm going to go because inspiration's everywhere. Matt, this fucking douchebag I listen to on the podcast every week, he said, inspiration's everywhere. I'm going to go to the bus station and I'm going to be open and change my mindset and try to notice things and see if I can be inspired. I bet you'll find something. You'll probably find something pretty great, too. You'll probably find something you never would have expected. Don't be so myopic in your view of how you get inspired. Open yourself up to the world. It can be pretty cool. Some amazing shit happens around you on a daily basis. You know, take that time. Open yourself up. Demystify inspiration in my magical two-step process that you got for free because I don't charge you for the podcast. Congratulations. You're welcome. I'm a very generous soul. Step one, get rid of this worldview that inspiration is some rare, odd commodity that falls down from the heaven into your heads and that you just have to be in the perfect spot to catch the dew of amazing writing. And just accept that it's everywhere, that you can be inspired by everything. Look at guys like Bukowski, Hunter S. Thompson. Like, literally, there are people who are inspired by shit you would never think was inspirational. Because your worldview have said that inspiration only comes in its, its per- precise and particular dosage. So do that. Go wherever you want. Think about it, right? Just accept inspiration's everywhere. Walk down the street, go to the grocery store. It's all over. Shit, I'm a satirist. Inspiration's literally all over. If there are human beings or human beings work there, there is something I can fucking make fun of. Right? That's it. Inspiration is everywhere. Not just for me, but for you. Change your worldview. Then change your mindset. Change your mindset to instead of trying to pump shit out into the world, change your mindset to be one of receiving and listening and noticing and looking and understanding that inspiration's everywhere, so you have to pay fucking attention. There's nothing mystical about it. Let it go. Let go of the religion. Ignore it. Forget this mystical, spiritual, writing bullshit we've been selling ourselves for hundreds of years and just accept there's nothing magical about your writing process, and that's okay. It's probably better. It takes a shitload of pressure off that you're not the chosen one. I promise. Enjoy it, right? Someone loves what you do. So I'm going to love what you do when you get inspired by, well, whatever the hell it is that does. And you'll feel a whole lot better taking the mysticism out of that. World's hard enough, right? Well, there you go. That's it. That's the show. That's what we've got. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, as always. So, uh, until next time, I'm Matt. Much like Spider-Man, I am your friendly neighborhood working writer. And this has been my confession. I will talk to you again real soon.